a half-hour weekly podcast with me, Heather Conder, to share what has made me and others happy and to shout out some of the happier things in the news. I hope you've all had a good week and thank you to everyone who tuned in to my radio interview last week about the podcast. It was very fun and I've had a bit of a crazy and very busy week and I'm absolutely not complaining but it's it's just funny how one week will be pretty quiet and then the next will be manic. But I have lots of happy stories to share this week and I am really looking forward to chatting to today's guest. Today I am speaking to Chris Turner, a comedian and freestyle rapper. Chris is based in America and he has performed at comedy clubs all around the world, including regular gigs in LA and in New York's world-famous Comedy Cellar. He is amazing at wordplay and known for his incredible improvised raps. I'm hoping to get him to do a little freestyle rap later on in the episode, so stay tuned to hear him in action. Chris has amassed over 30 million views on YouTube for his talents, and he has a very exciting UK and European tour coming up this summer. So definitely book tickets for wherever you're based and more information about that to come. He is a very funny man, and I just can't wait to talk to him today about his happy news and have a good old natter. So, on with the show. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, well, thank you for coming on. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm already feeling uh, buoyed by the fact that uh, you complimented my audio setup. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm sounding crystal clear. I hope. Hope. Please don't edit this to make it sound like I'm really muffled and there's like distortion and everyone no, will be like, oh, we absolutely won't. Absolutely not. No, you sound beautiful, really clear oh, tones. You. And you look cool as well. You have all the gear. Oh, yeah. Well, that's it for the listeners. I'm wearing a baseball cap and a t-shirt yes Pretty cool. you are I think we'll all agree <laughs> but have you had a busy week so far it has been busy yeah it um I'm back doing live shows which is very exciting um and I've been doing about two or three a night here in New York wow. City um we had a show last night which was the first uh fully vaccinated show for the venue so people didn't have to wear masks because they were fully vaccinated and it was sold out sadly several people showed up without proof of their vaccination oh no they got turned away but uh but i had a very fun time and i've been having a fun time just yeah being back out and about and telling telling little jokes telling little jokes doing little raps you know being you amazing well in this podcast i always talk about the top three things in my week and in my guest week so that probably is one of them but do you want to go first or do you want me to get the ball rolling um, I mean, that is one of them. So seeing as we've started it, let's just kind of uh, yeah. tie a ribbon around it. Yeah, it's been, it was 410 days since my last gig when I oh, was wow. first back on stage. And that was just at the end of April. So I stopped doing, my final show was March 12th, 2020. And then it was Friday the 13th that the comedy venues in LA kind of closed Oh, up. of course. And, <laughs> yeah, and that was very sad and For that first month, uh, and anyone who is a performer, I think will relate to this, or at least is a kind of outgoing individual. 
when you're on stage, you're drawing energy from the crowd and you're drawing approval. And this results in like feel good chemicals in your brain. Yeah. And and when that becomes your main source of them, stopping performing is like going cold turkey. So I very much felt like slight withdrawal symptoms for that whole month after. And virtual shows, as fun as they are and as, as you know, lucky I've been to do quite a few, they don't scratch the same itch. So getting back on stage and having, you know, admittedly it was only 50% capacity because of limits, but having a room of people applaud and cheer and laugh and being able to tell them that was my first gig back in 410 days and get a round of applause Absolutely. Um, was really nice. So the balls just kept rolling from there and we just kept doing these live shows, you know, socially distanced, masked when they're not sat down. And we all have these tiny little what look like hair nets over the microphone. We each have our own mic oh. with a hair net on it so that, uh, you know, we're not transmitting it by kissing the microphone of the next comedian. Um, which Lovely. Is, yeah, it feels <laughs> very kind of belts and braces. So it's been really good to be back on stage. Good. Do you feel like you have to make pandemic related jokes or is that definitely a no go? Um, when I was kind of thinking of the the vast, far off, cloudy future of being back on stage, I thought no one's going to want to hear about the pandemic. But as soon as you start doing shows, you realize it's weird to not address it. So I, you know, I've been doing maybe two minutes at the top of the set about masks and just very silly stuff. You know, I'm not I'm not a political comedian and I'm, I'm not interested in being like, hey, all you sheep wearing masks, what you doing? It's a fake disease. You know, I'm not I'm not going to do any of that stuff. So I'm just having fun with it um, sometimes because I perform at the Comedy Cellar where there's lots of very famous comedians on. I did a couple of shows where I walked on wearing the mask, took it off and then went, I know you were hoping I was a famous comedian and he gets a big laugh because I'm not a famous comedian. Um, Disagree. So, well, (laughs) that's very kind. Maybe to, I did have a guy not heckle, but just go, he's like, he goes, excuse me, could you do that joke about, and then he like just referenced a joke of mine from eight years ago. And I was like, that's very kind that you remember that and like it, but I cannot remember how that joke goes. So (laughs) no. (laughs) Well, clearly he's a big fan. There you go. Yeah, it was very nice to have that. It's like, you know, free bird, play free bird. Play free in bird. In my case, it was, no, do that joke about that advertising campaign. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't remember how it went. You have too many jokes probably as well. That's why. But that's great. I'm so pleased you're back out in 410 days. What a long time. Who'd have thought it'd be that yeah. long? That's a wonderful thing this week. So that can definitely be the first of the top three. Yeah. Now tell me about yours. Oh, well, okay. So my first one will be on a similar vein, actually. I went to London to do some acting for the first time in mm. a year. Um, so I I sing and I act. I love acting. And I went and did some filming in London on Tuesday. And it was amazing because there was there were all these fancy cameras, amazing equipment. And I was working with some incredible actors. And I did have one of those moments where I was like, oh, acting. Can I remember how to do that? Will I be okay? And it was obviously fine. And I loved it. And it felt like the most normal thing I've done all year. So I hope for more. I haven't got much more in the pipeline yet, because I think things are a little bit slower with theatre, certainly in the UK, Mm. in terms of people opening things up for full capacity and stuff. But yeah, it was really fun. And I just felt so happy. It was a long day. You know, those days where you're like, wow, I have to get up that early and I have to do that much. But by the end of it, I was just very fulfilled. So Mm. that would be one of my ones. Yeah. May I ask, what is it that you like about acting? 
I like pretending to be someone I'm not. <laughs> um, so you either become an actor or an identity fraudster. Yes, definitely. Although I don't think I'd be very good at stealing someone's identity, ironically, because... Too much rummaging through bins. Yeah, it? yeah. Well, I'm not very good at lying. I'm good at acting, but not lying. So if I have to pretend to be a character that everyone else knows is pretend, fine. But if I'm trying to be, you know, underhand, I'm terrible. So... I was actually, I was, there was a poll way back when I was in uni and I was most likely to become a drug mule without realising it because I I can't do anything undercover, anything underhand, or I'm just really nice and just do things for people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the giveaway is when they, you know, they say, and you do need to transport this up your bum. You're like, what? <laughs> okay. I mean, that sounds a bit, well, I guess if it has to be the case, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So... I don't think I'm going to steal anyone's identity anytime soon because I'm just not good at that kind of thing. But acting, I love that. So that was really, really fun this week. So that's my first one. So I'm going to pass the mic back over to you. Do you have another thing that's made you smile? Uh, I saw a cat on a lead. Um, I'll say <laughs> because it was in America, I saw a cat on a leash. Um, and it was wow. it was a, a rag doll, which is a very fluffy, soft, friendly breed of cat. I have a ragamuffin, which is like a bigger version of a rag doll. Um, but this, this, the thing is, the guy was slightly weird, right? Because he's right. a guy with a cat on a lead. But, and he had a backpack on, which had a clear perspex dome. Obviously, that's where the cat sits when it doesn't want to walk. Because cats, yeah. you know, very much their own creatures. If they don't want to walk, they won't walk. But this cat was big, fluffy, and gray. It was really beautiful. It was, we were just sat in the park, having a little picnic. And... This guy comes strolling past with a cat. The cat was leading the way. The cat wasn't reluctant. The oh. cat was like... Do, 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 do. It's used it was, to a lead. It knows what it wants. It knows what it's doing. Yeah. And I've I've trained... I've tried to encourage my cat. Not train. You can't train a cat. I tried to encourage my cat to walk on a lead. And he was just very adamant. Like, no. no. Like, he loves to go outside. He's not allowed to, but he loves to escape outside. Um, and so I thought he'd like it. But he's like, no, not if I'm confined. So I, I, I enjoyed it because, one, it was a beautiful sight. Uh, and two, <laughs> I, I thought, this guy must be proud because he knows anyone who's tried this is like, wow, you, you put the work in for that. Or your cat's just a very chill cat. Or it which, just wants you know, to be a dog, you know? The cat wants to be a yeah, dog. Yeah, that's another, another possibility. <laughs> and annoyingly, at the same time I was walking past, there wasn't a dog nearby because Aww. I was I was hoping to see some a very confused spaniel just go what's that I don't, uh. so that yeah. was that was a very smile inducing moment. I've never seen a cat on the lead, and it's something I think I would love and very much enjoy. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, okay. So the next thing in my top three is really random as well, and uh, it was playing table tennis. Um, it's great some, sport. It's a great sport, isn't it? And it's something I don't do regularly, and. I have to say, I'm not amazing at it, but compared to other sports, I'm brilliant because... This is my theory about table tennis. Everyone is like pretty okay at table tennis. And if if you pl if you find a random person and you say, do you want to play table tennis? You'll both be like, you'll both think you're quite good. Yes. And it's, it's rare that someone's really bad because I think maybe if you play it for a couple of hours, you can do most of the things. And then if you play someone who's actually good at it, yeah, you suck compared to them. Yeah. But most people are pretty decent. like, and, and there's very few sports, I think, that are like that. I think swimming is probably another one. Like, most people can swim 
front crawl to the end of a pool i think like, so but you could you do sometimes look like you're drowning you know you look like you're <laughs> flailing around whereas a table tennis it's just very chilled and i do think it's a big confidence booster i'm not a sporty person i don't know if you are but i famously one time actually in school got on my pe report a 4e and the e was for effort so excellent excellent effort the four was for attainment bearing in mind one mm-hmm. is the best you, I, that was very famous because I remember reading about that. In the was it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very famous. Um, I so am. <laughs> I I was always uh, chided, chid by my chastised by my parents because my school report I would get top. So we had numbers for both. So it was yeah. effort and attainment, uh, and it would always be one for attainment and then three for effort. And my mum was like, "Look, if you try harder, then you." I'm like, "But I'm getting the best I can get." So. That's insane. And that was always a criticism of me was that I would I would coast. I would do just enough to get what I needed. Uh, but, but I you still as- smash it. So Well, I just described the fact that I, I did the bare minimum to get the maximum results at things I didn't really care about. The subjects I loved, then I worked hard and got good achievement. But, you know, most subjects I don't love because most subjects are maths or chemistry. <laughs> Whereas when it's English and geography, I'm like, yeah, of course I'll put the work in. So, you know, and I, but my mum would always say it's better to work hard and perform badly than mm. not work hard and do well. So she would she would love you, Heather. She yeah. would be she'd be like, Look at Heather, look at Heather smashing. Look it over at her there. trying so hard and really but giving that is it her true. all. Like trying is really important. And I it's you know, you do admire someone who tries rather than someone who it's just easy for. Um, yeah, that so. is very true. And I think, you know, I give my all to PE and to table tennis. And I have to say, I am, I'm not poor at table tennis. And I know it's not easy to be bad at, but I beat my boyfriend 11 love the first time. So, wow. I mean, he did get better. But... I mean, I was going to say, if that was, if I met someone, that would be a deal breaker. I'd be like, look, you can't thrash me like that. That's... <laughs> That's not a good sign. You need to at least give me some try, but get let some light in. Make it, you know, yeah. eleven three. Make it feel like, oh, I'll get you next time. You were just like, no, shut out. This is. That's well, also he's quite competitive, so I was there being like, oh, well done. That was a good effort, and he was like, shut up. Um, yeah. But uh, no, it was really fun. So it made me laugh a lot, and yeah, I had a lot of fun reminding myself how much I enjoy playing table tennis. So that's my second one. And last one, what's the last thing that's made you smile? Um, I mean, it's less of a smile because it's more a kind of sweaty traipse through rooms. I've I've been moving into my apartment um, this week. Well, I suppose this, and this is kind of going back a week from today, not a calendar week, but I, I did drive from Colorado to New York, which is 2,000 miles. And... That drive was notable for driving through states such as Kansas and Missouri, very mm-hmm. kind of what they call the flyover states, right? Yes. Because like you don't, you don't. There's nothing there, and it is true that Kansas is pretty bare for about 500 miles. But this is the thing that made me smile. Whenever I stopped in Kansas, people were left reeling by my accent. I don't think they'd ever met a British person. I had one woman say. Uh, I sounded like I was from Bridgerton Lovely. and uh, two juvenile delinquents. And I say that because they did show me that they had uh, ankle tags on and they told me the oh. list of crimes they'd committed as to why they had <laughs> Very these. proudly, they yes. Were, they were very proud. Uh, the list of crimes did include getting so high they took a shit in a mailbox. Whoa. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> 
they were they were they told me that they'd had a, like a rearranged appointment with their probation officer and were were in a town they weren't like they were somewhere they weren't meant to be yeah and so they were driving back 90 miles an hour on the freeway they were stopping for a subway sandwich uh, to get there so the probation officer wouldn't realize and i i pointed out to them you do realize that's a gps tracker so they know where you were and they know the speed you're going and he was like no nah, i don't think they'll look at that like <laughs> they don't I mind like, okay i hope not um but yeah he yeah he told me i sounded like i could narrate a disney movie and i i have really enjoyed how especially in those states and the closer we got to the east coast the less people were impressed but people just they do treat you very nicely when you're like and i put it on a bit as well yeah i'll I'll be like, oh, you do very posh. I would, I would, lo- well, well, I can, I can go very posh if I want to, but it doesn't, it's not necessarily doing that. That sounds very strange. Um, I'll, I'll just go, I'll just go, good evening. Uh, may I please have a look at your drinks menu? Thank you so much. And they'll be like, oh, oh, sure, sweetie. I'd love to give you my drinks menu. Here you go. And then say, you know, um, yeah, so that, that's, that's been fun. Oh, uh, but yeah, great. Moving to apartments has actually not been smile inducing. It's been more me just kind of having the bake off on in the background just watching seasons over and over again well that's lovely in itself that's a very very soothing it is very calming amidst the stress of boxes i can imagine that hearing people get a bit stressed about soggy bottoms and you know things it could only be improved if paul hollywood didn't have a scouse accent because that is it's a very mellow show and then you get that grating kind of I can say that because I'm from Manchester, so that's fine. What they need is your voice, though, you see, because clearly (laughs) you're in demand. I mean, look, I know nothing about baking, but uh, yeah, it's not as serrated as the Merseyside vocal cords. No, brilliant. And then the last thing that I want to mention is that I have been more adventurous with cooking this week and it's brought much joy. So because restrictions are lifting and in the UK, you can have people over for dinner now. And I have taken that as an excuse to expand my cooking repertoire and be more daring because I was living alone for nine months in the lockdowns. So because you I kept really... thrashing everyone at table tennis and they were like, I ain't moving in with you yet. <laughs> that was it. I mean, <laughs> no one would visit. Um, exactly. So I thought I can't really be motivated to cook really nutritious meals for one every day. But times have changed and I've really enjoyed cooking more. So nothing overly fancy. I'm not going to claim to be a great chef. But the other day I made risotto stuffed peppers and then I made a vanilla cheesecake for pudding. And I thought, I've made an effort. This is lovely. And I'm going to try making a butternut squash and ricotta lasagna soon. So that's next on the hit list. And I just get a great sense of satisfaction through feeding others and not failing, you know? (laughs) Yeah. No, well, congratulations. That's uh, how how would the the food that you make rank on your school report system? Oh, still the effort would be better than the attainment. I think I would give it a solid two e. Maybe two that's e. that's pretty good. Yeah, uh, no, you've got to have room for improvement. Always so room for improvement, but up, yeah. uh, definitely excellent on the effort. I I think I just try too hard generally with things, <laughs> but yes, no, I've very much enjoyed that. Well, they were all very happy things and very varied, I have to say. That's probably one of the most varied weeks we've had. Well, we're going to move on now to stories from others. (laughs) 
I have now set up a Gmail account because I thought I'll be professional. Um, so it's thehappyhalf at gmail.com. If anyone fancies sending me an email, I, it would make my day, my week. Um, and basically, if you have any good news or anything happy in your life that's made you smile, then send it my way and I can chat about it with a guest um, and everyone else can hear it too. <laughs> The story I want to mention this week is from Jenna and it's very apt because I'm chatting to you. It might not be a good thing to mention depending on whether or not you like this person, to be fair. But Jenna went to go and see some live comedy this week because things have opened this week in the UK. And she went to Russell Howard. So I don't know what your feelings are to him. I think Russell Howard is a very funny comedian. Brilliant. So do I, actually. I think he's great. But she went to the Clapham Grand and it was his first live show, like you said, uh, Mm. in however many days. And he showcased new material and he brought along some of his favourite comedians as well. And apparently it was just the most electric, most amazing night. And really kind of interestingly, he made everyone in the audience lock their phones in these pouches and leave them at the door because it was such a secretive night and he didn't want anyone Mm -hmm. on social media. He didn't want any photos at all. So I was very intrigued by this, but apparently it was brilliant and she was just raving about live comedy making a return so i thought i'd mention it because it's the same as you <laughs> yeah the um the the putting phones in bags is a, a thing that kind of started over here with some of the bigger comics like chris rock and dave Chappelle, and it makes for a better show because there aren't one there's no breaks in these shows british shows often have a, an interval but people kind of forget about their phone i think when you have your phone in your pocket even if you're not checking it you're thinking oh it got a buzz i'm distracted from the joke whereas in the table and at the end of the show it's fun because they go oh that's the end of the show you can open your bags now and everyone just goes (laughs) (laughs) social media um yeah and so i i really like that it's not as common in the uk so i would i wouldn't be surprised that people weren't aware of that yeah it was it sounds really cool it's a great idea as well because we are on our phones too much and to be honest you don't really need to be documenting every second do you so anyway she said it was the most brilliant night and um i think there are lots more events now lined up Mm. and that was the first show at the clapham grand anyway um but i'd love to talk about your comedy news because i know you've been doing lots of virtual shows and getting up at silly o'clock to do zoom gigs or whatever but how have you found it all and obviously we're now back and you have a tour coming up which i'd love to chat about as well but how has zoom been has it been horrible or has it been okay I've been fortunate because I I was used to doing virtual shows beforehand because I was streaming. I'd do Twitch and YouTube. So I had all my setup and I knew how to do virtual shows reasonably well. And so I kind of pivoted very quickly. I was doing virtual shows within a couple of weeks of the the lockdown in LA. And because my act is so uh, improv heavy, so I did for people who don't know, I do freestyle rap and... So that is making up raps on the spot based on audience input. On Zoom, it works really well because so much stand-up on Zoom is just performing at a camera. And when you're being performed at, it's hard to feel engaged. When you're in a room with someone, you're at least there. They're aware of you. They're reacting and responding to your laughter when you're delivering jokes, what we should be as a comedian. So with the freestyle, the fact that I'm actively engaging with a viewer makes it, I think more more entertaining or more engaging which means it's more entertaining because you're able to enjoy it more 
obviously it's nowhere near as good as a, a live show and it's very different to a live show and i think that's a thing that took some people uh more time than others to figure out that they were they couldn't just do their act they adapted it there were comedians that i saw do virtual sets and i thought wow they've really this isn't what they do on stage yeah but it, it's really good it's still them it's the essence of their humor and yeah i mean i think we're very fortunate to be able to do it and that you know audiences kind of got on board with it really um well you were very busy were like, by the sounds of things you weren't bored yeah i i was i was busy um i was busy and i, I it, it seems to continue to be busy it seems that there's lots of people still doing virtual shows from yeah. now until maybe even the end of the year which i'm i'm all down for because you know if i'm in america and people want me to do shows in the uk at christmas time well, virtual show's great. I don't have to fly. That'd be true, awesome. True, true. You just have to get up so, at weird hours and stuff. But other yeah. than that, great. Yeah, that's the move to New York. That's the reason. It's got a, the smallest time difference between America and the UK. <laughs> In LA, it was murder. It was terrible. Oh. But now it's like, yeah, this will do. Yeah, exactly. And you have your UK and European live tour as well in person. And that's, is that Rap God? Am I right in thinking it's that? That tour is Rap God. Yeah, that's a show that I was touring in Australia in, I did it in some shows in Orlando, some shows in Australia, in Perth, Australia in early 2020. And then it's been on you know hiatus for that length of time. But uh, that is a, a musical comedy freestyle rap extravaganza. And there are there are shows in London at the end of July. There's 10 dates of which there are some seats remaining. So uh, if anyone's Ooh, interested, listeners, go and see them. And then, get on that yes, quickly because... Do. But then <laughs> September, there's dates all around the country. And then I go off to europe as well but uh yeah if you go to my website christurnercomedy.com <laughs> there's a tour dates page and you can find them all on there Lovely. it's a very 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 good show i'm very happy with it it's uh if you like if you don't even like rap you still enjoy the show because there's enough me mocking the genre for you to be like yes he's very right classical music is better rah, rah, rah. yes absolutely Go and stalk Chris on his website and book tickets because you're missing out otherwise. But that's perfect. Let's move on to the actual news. To be honest, there's been slightly less happy news this week than last week. And I have struggled to find really exciting, very positive news. But there's nevertheless still plenty to talk about. And because you're living in America, I thought I would mention some happy American news, which you've mm. probably stumbled across or you might have heard about. So I don't know if you've heard about the 10-year-old chess master that's just been announced in America. Uh, he's called Tani Adewumi, and he's a Nigerian refugee. And he made the headlines in 2019 when he was only eight years old because he won the New York State Chess Championship whilst living in a homeless shelter. And he'd only been playing chess for a year. And now he has just become America's newest chess master at the age of 10, which is quite amazing. And he's also started a lovely foundation to help other homeless people and refugees. And he's written a book as well called My Name is Tanny and I Believe in Miracles. So I thought that was a really lovely story. And I, I mean, that is a lovely story. I feel bad that I'm coming up with a bunch of jokes in my head right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Please like share. a bloody nerd. What a loser geek. My name is Tanny and what an unwieldy book title. No, um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's genuinely incredible. I tried to play chess when I was about 11 at a, my scout 
group's local chess tournament and in the first game i got beaten in three moves and the guy was like Ooh. i can't believe you let that happen i was like screw you mate i'm, I'm, I'm 11 i mean he was also he was younger than me um well, clearly this 10 year old is a chess grandmaster so, yeah i don't know when <laughs> when someone it's like when people go oh you know mozart was writing symphonies at the age of seven and you're like well yeah he clearly was like a one-of-a-kind genius like clearly an absolute like an abomination like not in a a bad way but like there's something with his brain and this guy sounds like if he played chess for a couple of years and could win a championship he sounds like his brain is just on a different level to ours and good on him good on him yeah he's now been playing for a total of three years that's nothing that's incredible isn't Isn't that amazing and I just think chess is very complicated as well. The, all I really know about chess is from watching The Queen's Gambit. Have you seen that show? I've not seen Queen's Gambit. No, I really stopped watching TV because in the pandemic, I was like, oh, all I've done is watch TV. I was like, oh, well, that sounds like a bad thing to get into then because, you know, You'll I, be stuck. I have other things I can waste my time on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not saying I was productive in the pandemic, but yeah, I, I don't know. We haven't had a TV in our house for five or six years. And I think wow. it's probably a good thing. That's quite um, impressive. That, you know, obviously, we've got laptops. It's like, oh, well, let's have dinner and watch, you know, again, Bake Off. Living in but, the Stone um, Age, refusing yeah, to yeah. have any any interaction with socials. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, we've got a window. We can look at the majesty of God's creation, guys. Come on. Absolutely. That's all you need. Brilliant. Well, yeah, I thought that was amazing. And I think what an incredible, incredible human. So mm, I thought I'd mention yeah. that. Have you heard any good news? Because I know that you're quite keyed into the news. Um... I, I mean, I am, but again, it is very hard to truffle. Like all the good news I hear is, oh, looks like Matt Gates is going to be, you know, get charged with uh, sex trafficking. What a violent, odious man who did violent, odious things, and he's going to get caught out. That's good. So it's that kind of good news yeah. because I feel like with partisanship and everyone being very, you know, like this side, that side, good news is when the other side has a bad day. Yes. Um, you it's know, not the so, wholesome kind of news that warms your heart necessarily. Exactly. It's a it's a very bitter kind of bile fuel type of news, but that's fine because I there's a there's a you part like of me that, that is, <laughs> I do I do well. My comedy on stage is not that. My comedy on stage is very friendly, nice, and smiley. So I I do want my I have, you have to have a little a little battery that's charged with ha ah, ha yeah that person fell over ha ha ha. Yeah, we all have that side to us hidden somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. It's just, you know, most of us wouldn't admit it on a podcast. But you all do. I you know yeah, all of you. Absolutely. You're lying if you don't. But no, I agree. I agree. And there isn't a lot of happy news out there, but there is always something. And I actually this morning read about some good news in the UK at least. Um, and it's about Glastonbury, which has been cancelled for the second year in a row. But it's coming back, apparently, instead in some form. And there's going to be no camping, but there is going to be an event this year, which is brilliant because so many people are big festival goers and Mm. loads of festivals are happening in the UK. I think All Points East and Big Festival and Latitude, Reading and Leeds, they're all happening. So if you're a festival goer, then that is brilliant. And so you can like pop up a tent in your living room. Is that the idea? And Uh... when you go to the toilet, like poo all down the walls. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be fair, I would prefer to pop up a tent in my living room. One year I went to Reading and Leeds and safe to say it wasn't my vibe. I I didn't really know much of the music. I was very kind of 
sweaty and it was very cramped and dirty and i just don't think it's very me whereas i know a lot of people absolutely love it so it's it's the problem i have with festivals is the fact that they are outside like i only do festivals if i'm performing at them because then you at least get the nice toilets and i'll always be like they're like oh you can camp and i'm like no i'd rather have a hotel um and the best festival i ever went to as a attendee was um all tomorrow's parties at butlin's minehead oh so wow. you stay in butlin's chalets and then you have the festival it was great it was mainly indoors and i was like this is very civilized and people were like wait you had fun at butlin's i'm like yeah i had fun at butlin's you judgy judge <laughs> butlin's is great so much better than a tent exactly it is i had a chalet i mean again they wow. call them chalets you know a hut yeah but it was great it was really good um, i'm thrilled so, yeah. More festivals should be like that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, But brilliant news if anyone is a festival goer and it will be a fun summer, hopefully, for them. So that's a lovely little selection of news. And to round up, I would absolutely love to show listeners your talents and skills because Mm. you you are a hip hop machine and you have some insane freestyle raps up your sleeve. I think we should do a roundup of this week's happy news if you'd be up for it yeah. with a beat. Do you have a Do you have a little beat? I do. I, do. I, I always have beats on hand just in case, you know. <laughs> just out and whenever about. I get, whenever I get cold calling, like, uh, hey, we're calling about your car warranty. I'm like, one second, mate. And, drop and you beat. just, they would be amazed. That would make their day, I'm sure. Oh, you think they'd be amazed? They'd just get very annoyed. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. But okay, so we'll do it. Shall I, shall I say a topic and then you rap about yes. it? Yes, well, give me, give me, you know, give me them all in advance and then we'll just drop a beat and, and write okay. through them. Amazing. So just to let listeners know, this has not been pre-prepared at all. So this is Chris. You're just going to give me the topics. Then we're going to pause for 20 minutes. I'll go <laughs> yeah. away, write a rap, come back and I'll be like, whoa, can't wait to dive straight into this rap I just thought up. <laughs> yeah, this is all off the cuff right here, right now. So we'll chat about, I'll give you five, shall I, from what we've talked about. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's start with table tennis because we both love it. Oh, yeah. Then we need to have cats on leads because that was a real highlight of this episode, I feel, so yeah. far. Then let's talk about let's talk about comedy because you are a comedian and we want to shout about your shows. So let's talk about Rap God. You can you can promote yourself. <laughs> to rap about my own show. Wow, yeah, that'll be really good. Then we'll have a chess champion, the New York 10-year-old. And then oh, his name was Tammy, was it? Uh Tanny, yeah, Tanny. Tanny. And then finally, we'll talk about festivals. And I think that's a lovely selection of this week's news. Okay, cool. Well, let's uh, let's do this. Let's drop a beat straight in. This is a freestyle rap. Get ready, tennis, guys. Cats on leads, rap god, chess, Tanny the chess <laughs> champion, and uh, festivals. It's gonna be it's gonna be lovely. Words in the mind, I blast so many coming out there Michael Levis, Glastonbury, having all the fun, it's the rage I'll be spending three days at the Pyramid Sage When you look at all the muds like a war field strewn with the dead I can see headliners like Radiohead or Lana Del Rey I don't know who's on the lineup because I never went once Even though my sister, she's a Glasto frequencer She be going there and I know she prefer to bring her own Put a potty in the grass, let me move on 
one year I'm gonna see a clash between Gary Kasparov and Tani. Only 10 years old but quite handy when it comes to moving. He'll have a little look, he's seen that queen so he takes your rook and then he impinges inserting the king. He's only 10 year old, a tiny thing. Coming as a refugee from Nigeria, if I have to play chess, yes I would fear you Tani. Now I'm talking about a show kinda odd cause it's myself in the third person rap god. Chris Turner putting on that show when it's in London All of y'all should go Cause he flows with the sickness Flows with the ease Flows like a chestnut falling from a tree That's a very poor simile that he just produced Do you like clever comedy? Well I'll introduce him right to the stage And you can enjoy your guffaw and your chuckle You'll never be annoyed Unless you brought a friend who hates it And says yeah it wasn't great That was pretty shit Well screw them That's a person that's riff raff you can go and beat them playing that whiff waff table tennis you know i do a sing song about hitting the ball when i play ping pong i come on strong you know the spin goes fast i bring it down there with my backhand smash got the red got the black on either side of paddle and if it comes to animals you know i like to dabble take my little kitty out i really believe i'm like come on colonel widdershins get on that lead colonel widdershins his name sometimes we just say colonel americans most days they say and Albert Durashins, they can't even pronounce every time I'm at the vet in the large amounts. They say, Chris, we could treat him the stuff that he needs. I'm like, can you make him like that lead? They say, no, it's just a weird little lark. You're just inspired because you were sat in that park inspecting the cat that was on that string. And the guy was weird and the cat was leading, moving all around. He was never trying to struggle. He was looking at the little birds, sparrows and the squirrels running up the trees in the bark. There we go. That's a free Star rap cat lock. Whoa! Yeah. That was insane. Thank you. I thought so too. <laughs> Honestly, how you can talk about cats for so long as well. You just had it all up there. That was amazing. I mean, when I'm on stage, I ban any food or animal suggestions because they're the most common things that come forward. So when I, you know, like when I do rap about, I mean, you, you can rap about anything forever. You take one I topic disagree. and wrap it forever. No, it's possible. It's called divergent thinking. It's 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 very it, one thing leads to another. What's the weirdest thing you've ever ever rapped about, or is there so many to choose from? Um, what well, last night someone said um, Mesoamerican agriculture. Oh, that casual, good, you know? lovely. Yeah. Well, everyone so, can yeah. go and find you on YouTube and uh, they can. Watch yeah, them. YouTube's the place to go. Plenty of videos on there. Yeah. Um, new ones every week. Just search Chris Turner rap, and you'll find it. Well, everyone can go and do that right now. And that was such a wonderful way to end the episode. So thank you so much for your time and for thank all you. of your comedy and, and, and humor and hate of my happy things. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for sharing your happy things and having them shut down. I, uh, I, I, would, okay. give, I would give uh, our performance in this podcast an E01. A one E, e. wow. What people will be able to take when they're watching glastonbury from their living room see it's a callback through the that's means of lovely the common slang term for ecstasy e wow <laughs> what a way put to a, end brilliant yeah, put a button on it put a button on it there beautiful well have a lovely rest of your day and good luck with the rest of the move 
and everyone should go and look at your show and see you in real life and i hope to meet you in real life as well uh in your in your gigs at yeah, some come point to the show and be like it's it's heather we did the podcast <laughs> come like, on. Mm, sorry no 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 i i will not play ping pong with you i do not want to be thing is if you, if you want to come to london we'll go to shoreditch house they have like a table tennis room yeah i'm there you can go there it's just it's just hipsters sucking at table tennis it's great and if you're too good i'll be like no go play that person i want to play this loser over here <laughs> and i'll be like wait who's this 10 year old nigerian chess prodigy oh no Oh, my mortal enemy. Well, I look forward to it greatly. Thank you so much, Chris. And yes, see you soon. Bye. Bye. The Happy Home with Heather. Thank you so much for listening to The Happy Half. Apologies that this episode was a little over the half hour mark, but I thought it was too good not to leave in. And well done for making it to the end. But please do continue to rate, review, subscribe and share the podcast. And you can go and check us out over on Patreon where you can support the podcast for as little as £2.50 per month. So less than the price of a coffee. It really is so greatly appreciated. But in the meantime, I hope you have a lovely week and I'll be back next Wednesday with another very special guest. Half was created by Heather Conda with help from Fon, who you can find on social media at Fon Music. Bye for now. <laughs>